another week of Routes Through Pokemon Adventures. I'm your host, Ruby. And I'm Shea Locke. I'm Rosella. And this week, we're introducing a guest. Flame. And Evie. And if you guys didn't quite understand it, his name is Flame. Um, and yes, we have a big old giant stuffed Evie with us, too. Build-A-Bear, I think? Yes. So, what are we going through this week, Ruby? Volume 2 of the manga, chapter 21 and 22. Um, and then we're also doing the episode episodes 35, The Legend of Duchini. Episode 36, The Bridge Bike Gang. Episode 37, Ditto's Mysterious Mansion. Episode 38, Electric Soldier Porygon. Episode 65, Holiday Hijinks. Episode 66, No Way Out. Yeah, and as you may have noticed, some of those episodes seems like we're skipping a bunch. And that's because there's a lot of interesting stuff involved with... Uh some of the episode orders thanks to electric soldier porygon but before we get all into that let us get us let us get to know our our guest host flame so flame tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey into the pokemon world where'd you where'd you first hear of pokemon how'd you first get interested in it things like that the way i first discovered pokemon was that you said that you set it up for me to keep me quiet while you like played a game with uh my uncle oh was that at a game store i wait no no that's not pokemon that was tmnt i think no that was tmnt dang it we're also tmnt fans around here yep speaking of tmnt just let's get off base and off on a tangent right off the bat who's your favorite leo nice mikey donatello and i always like donatello too although ref is definitely a very close second you just had to get ref in there no well yeah he was, he was missing out. He felt lonely. Although he is often all by himself. I'm like, um, yeah, lonely. <laughs> he doesn't hate that feeling. All right. Anyway, back to your journey to How Pokemon. How did I start? You started with the cards and made up your own game. I don't think, again, I don't think the cards is where anybody really started. You guys always seem to forget that, like, you probably really started to hear about Pokemon because your mom and I would play Pokemon Go all the time when we'd make long trips to another city that's right. For hours on end. We'd be like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And you'd be playing Pokemon Go. Yep. Back in 2016 when it first launched, I think. And then, like, we started playing, like, Fire Red, Leaf Green. Yeah, you and I, we played Leaf Green and Fire Red. You didn't finish. Uh, I finished Leaf Green. He didn't finish Fire Red, which hopefully we'll change that soon. So what else have you done in the Pokemon world? Um... At first, I started just gathering, like, as much fire as I could. Fire Pokemon. Uh, cards? Yeah. Gotcha. And he made up his own game with energies. Sure. Without energies. Yeah, <laughs> so, like, people who don't, like, people like me who don't have energies can play. Sure, sure. Um, and even if they only have, like, one or two, they're just, like, power-ups. Yeah, and then that was the whole thing, and then, like, we went to a GameStop, and then... Um, for, like, the Pokemon, like, challenges and stuff, where we, where I think I learned the rules for the first time. No. Okay. That was after you got your box, right? I honest. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, I see what you're saying. Uh, yeah, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a GameStop, but yeah, we went to a game store. Yep. I thought it was a GameStop. Nope. Oh, right, though. Now, now I remember what a GameStop is. Um, yeah, so yeah, we did go to a game store, and we all did a little bit of playing there, which was kind of fun, and, uh, I think Rosella even sold a card to get store credit and hey. spend it all, well, maybe even not store credit, but she spent it all right away, either way. Well, it was a good card, it was like 14, 
fifteen dollars basically. Yeah, it was some. I think it was it was a rainbow, wasn't it? No, it was just um like one of those where you know how the pictures like they have the picture section and then all the words. Mm-hmm. I think it was like where the whole card was the picture and then they just wrote the word. Oh, one of those. Okay. Like yeah. a viewer and I could GX. It, it I, like a, extended art basically. It was a Sto- Sonia supporter card. Oh, okay. I thought it was like a card that I wouldn't use at all. I thought because so too. It was like a single strike or something. Oh, I don't know about that. But anyway. All right. Um and obviously you watch anime as well because mm-hmm. we had pretty much the whole first season for a while that people would watch all the time. Yep. So in those realms then um what's your favorite type of Pokemon to engage with? Do you like the show more? Do you like the video games like the normal ones or maybe the side video games like um Pokemon Legends or Let's the... go. Hmm? Let's go is a side game, right? Yeah, it's sort of, I guess. You could maybe combat in there um, because it's it plays just... differently. It's based um, off of yellow, isn't it? Basically, yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's the, the side video games, the regular video games, the card games. There's toys, of course. Um, oh, I'm like Pokemon Go. It's kind of its separate way. So which of those areas do you find the most enjoyment with Pokemon? Or maybe it's even just the cosplay. What? What's the cosplay? Cosplay is costume play. It means dressing up. Oh. <laughs> Which you've done before for Halloween. <laughs> I'm Cyndaquil. Yeah, you were Cyndaquil. And uh, what were you? You were Charizard. Charizard, Charizard yeah. My favorite. I was Piplup. Piplup. Oh, that's right. What? Oh, you were a Pokemon trainer. Yes, I was a Pokemon trainer because you were all my Pokemon. And Mama was a Pokemon trainer. Yes. What was our youngest? Oh, oh Evie. I thought that was the second to youngest. Was the other one around? I don't remember. I think we're talking about like making him a Pokeball or something. Oh yeah, I think he was a Pokeball. That's right. He was a he was a giant Pokeball. <laughs> anyway, um, so you yeah. Should have threw him at us. What did you, what did you like? What do you like to engage with in Pokemon the most? The anime. The anime is your favorite. Yeah, the anime. Right. Oh, and the manga. I forgot the manga. The. Oh, the manga. I don't. It's not my favorite. No, that's perfectly so. fine. That's perfectly fine. Not everything is going to appeal to everyone. Um, all right. And so then, as far as that's going, and the... Well, what's your favorite type? I mean, I think we can all probably guess, but what is your favorite type of Pokemon? Fire. <laughs> Shocker. Wait, I thought it was totally going to be water. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's yours. Um, and in these first 151 Pokemon, who's your favorite? Is Charizard one of those? Um, he's one of the original starters that, well, evolutions of Charmander, starter. Charmander, Charmeleon, Charizard. Mm-hmm. Charizard. Charizard. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, and who is your favorite Pokemon overall that you know of? Charizard. Just Charizard. Always Charizard. <laughs> Not even Mega Charizard? Because Mega Charizard. Well, no, the, the, he has two different versions, I guess, but Mega Charizard's pretty cool. Probably Mega Charizard X. Okay. Alright. Cool. I like it. Um, I only recently even knew that they had, he had two different versions or whatever because I did it in Pokemon Go. So the way I know it's X and Y is from my Pokemon book. Yeah, I, that, yeah, I'm guessing that must be because the Mega stuff comes in X and Y, which we are not even close to getting to yet, are we? <laughs> no, we're so close to it. Yeah. When does that even come? That would be Generation Six. Yep, we're right there. Who's your favorite character so far in the anime? Um, <laughs> so many good options. I don't even mean a Pokemon. Like, who's your favorite? Like, do you have a favorite human character? 
doesn't even have to be one of the main ones. It could be ones that are just show up in an episode or two or whatever. You're saying it could have been like a Pokemon character? Like Psyduck? Okay. I would consider him a character. Pikachu, I would consider a character. Okay, then. Pidgeotto, Pikachu. maybe to a lesser extent. Pikachu, because, like, he doesn't evolve, yet he has the power of a Raichu. Okay. And, uh, who's your favorite human, then? Ash. Ash? That's not too surprising. Um, what do you like about Ash? Mainly that he, like, uh, dr- like, when everything gets bad, uh, he tries to get Pikachu in his Pokeball so that Pikachu can be safe, and Ash will take all the punishments. Sure. Okay. That's a cool, yeah, that's a cool characteristic of him. Alright, uh, how about the manga? Who's your favorite, um, character in that that you've met so far? I think we have, what, blue, red, green, um... Let's see. Blue, red, green. We have a bunch of gym leaders so far. We've met Koga. Pika. We've... Pika. The Pikachu, of course. Of course. Um, Pikachu's cute. Alright, like well then, in um, the world of Pokemon, uh, the first game at least, what's your favorite gym or gym leader? Probably the grass gym, because I can defeat it easily with fire. <laughs> Do you remember who the gym leader is there? Not really. Erica. Alright, Erica! All right. Well, cool. Well, thanks for joining us today, Flame. Who's Erica? Yep. The grass gym leader. Literally just the episode that, that had uh, Ash dress up as Ashley. Oh. Okay. Ashley. The perfume gym. The perfume. Okay. Yeah, the perfume episode where Gloom is part oh, of the perfume. Oh, I like that. Episode. And Ashley. so Ash works with Team Rocket so that he can get in because Team Rocket also wants to get in. So they pretend to be Ashley's parents because they disguise him as Ashley. It's hilarious. Anyway. Um, let's start with the manga. So, Volume 2, Chapter 21, Long Live the Nidoking. So, yeah, we held off here because we're going to do some Safari Zone chapters and Safari Zone episodes of the anime. Um, and here, the first thing I notice in the anime, or in the anime, in the manga, is that Safari Zone is on a sign with a picture of, like, the Nidoking or something in the middle of it. Is it a Nidoking picture? What is it? Yeah, it's a Nidoking picture. Okay. And it kind of reminds me of the Jurassic Park yeah! logo. Yeah! <laughs> now that I'm actually thinking about it, what? yeah, it does. It reminds me of the Jurassic Park logo. What's the Jurassic Park logo? It says Jurassic Park in big letters with a dinosaur in the middle of it. T Rex. Got it. Anyway, so it kind of reminds me of that, which is just fun. Um, and I, it seems like that might be what they're going for, but I don't know. So, anyway, the way this plot goes is he goes in the Safari Zone, um, but he has to leave his Pokemon and Pokeballs behind for safekeeping. I think he what just... Pika? Huh? What about Pika? All of them have to stay behind. But, like, is he in a Pokeball? I don't think so. Because we see him later. Anyway, he leaves his Pokemon and Pokeballs behind. They say he has to leave his Pokemon behind and he puts the Pokeballs out. I don't think it says he has to leave his Pokeballs behind. But the way that he says something else later suggests that he must have had to leave those behind, too. And they don't give him Safari Balls like they do in the game. Hmm. Um, and instead of, like, walking through the grass for time limit, he's on a raft... With, like, bars on it, I think. Yep. And he's guided by two robots. Pidgeabots. Pidgeabot 1 and Pidgeabot 2. They look exactly like Pidgeys, except we're robotic. Yeah, robotic Pidgeys. Um, but then we go back and we see a control room. And there we're informed that the Pidgeybots can protect the guests. F- oh, well. Okay, sorry. While they're sailing around the river in the Safari Zone, they see some Nidokings fighting. And the Pidgeabots explain that they're fighting over a Nidoqueen, because that's what they always do. 
Mm-hmm. And so there's a Nidda Queen back there too. And it looks pretty rough. And so then we cut to the control room and some of the assistants are like, oh, is, is everything okay? And the guy in co- that seems to be in charge of everything, he's like, hey, the Pidgeybots are ready for any eventuality. They can handle it. They're there to protect the guests, all that stuff, right? So, of course, they tell us this, that they're going to be able to take care of it, it no matter what happens, which tells us as an audience, something's going to go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> also, um, in the control room i think we even see pika there outside of his ball i think they're all out of the side of their ball at the control room not um, in this picture not where they're talking so anyway we go back to red and we see that red pulls out a pokeball he's like i smuggled this in which is what tells us that he must have had to leave pokeballs behind mm-hmm. and he chucks it because he's like sweet i'm gonna go get myself a nido king and it goes past the two Nidoking King and catches the Nido Queen. <laughs> so, as it does that, they get close to the land. So then the Nido King get upset and they smash the raft. And Red ends up washing ashore somewhere else in the Safari Zone. Pidgeybots did a great job. <laughs> right. Yeah, they tried to warn him and stuff. And a, Pidge- and a-, a Pidgeybot informs Red that they need to walk to the exit now that the raft has been destroyed. And there's only one now. We don't know what happened to the other, but there's one with them. And that they have to walk, and that it's going to get, uh, it's going to be hard. And Red is like, well, why don't we just wait for a rescue team? Like, I don't want to walk to the exit. That's going to take forever. But then the Pidgeot informs him that the Nidoking Kings are going to come looking for Red because he stole their queen. So he must still have the ball with the queen in it. Um, Then the Pidgeot delivers a safari ball. So they do have Safari Balls here. They just didn't give them to them beforehand for whatever reason. And um, and only, we're informed by the Pidgeot that only Safari Balls are able to catch Pokemon in the Safari Zone. But then Red's like, but I just caught a Pokemon with my Pokeball. I caught that queen with my Pokeball. Yeah, with <laughs> dumb luck. Which is what yeah. the Pidgeot says, with through. dumb luck. That's yes. Yeah. I was... Yeah, so the Pidgeot says through dumb luck. Whatever. That doesn't make much sense to me, but okay. So, then a king does show up. Red tosses the Savari Zone ball, and it gets knocked away. <laughs> so it fails, and the Pidgeot tells him to stop wasting the Safari balls. But then he acts like, when Red's like, well, what am I supposed to do then? I've, you told me to throw the Safari balls, mm-hmm. and, I, and and the Pidgeot doesn't have an answer. He's like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't catch Pokemon. <laughs> so, like... So, I don't think it was just sheer dumb luck, because the regular Pokeball worked just fine. So, I don't know what's going on around here. As far as own ball, did not work. Um, so then, like like in the game, like the video games, when you're in the Safari Zone, you can only use Safari Balls, and you can do two other things. You can leave bait for the Pokemon, or throw a rock at the Pokemon, besides throwing the ball. The rock makes it more likely they'll run away, but they become easier to catch, if they don't run away. The bait makes it harder to catch them, but they'll stay around longer, more likely. So, like in the game, Red finds a rock and chucks it at the Nidoking. Um, and all it does is make it matter. <laughs> so then it slashes at Red, and it dissolves the ground a bit when it does, because apparently, according to the Pidgeot, there's acid inside Nidoking claws. Oh, goodness. So they apparently secrete a venom or something as well. Great! Yeah. So... Then back at the control center, the man in charge tells Pika that Red will be alright, but they still can't get in, and somebody found the remains of Pidgeot 2. 
So we know that Pidgeabout 1 is the one with red. Pika and Ivysaur are there, and they look nervous for their trainer. Um, even though that, you know, red, or that the, the control center guy is like, hey, he'll be fine. Um, back in the zone, King almost gets red, but Pidgeabot sacrifices itself to block the attack. Uh, red runs some more, reaches a dead end, turns and throws like another rock or a brick or something, and hits the king right in the eye. He runs, picks up the broken Pidgeabot, who can still talk, so he just like had his wing damage or something, and there was oil. So like every time we see the Nidu King after that, he has like black spots on him too, because he got some of the oil on him, it looks like. So yeah, he runs and picks up the Pidgeabot, and the Pidgeabot even warns Red that that they're getting into the, a more dangerous zone of the Safari area. I remember this zone. Yep, and he and he even tells him like, "Hey, we're gonna have to use strategy. We can't just use brute strength this time, like he did with the Nidoking. King." And then Victory Bell is there, wraps some vines around Red, and picks him up. This makes me love Victory Bell all the more. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You have a big problem with the bells. And so then Pidgeabot warns Red to not be swallowed, or he'll be digested instantly. And then the Victory Bell swallows Red. <laughs> Pidgeabot doesn't know a lot. Um, so Red is dead. <laughs> That's it. And the manga was going to continue with a store, like picking up with yellow going on a journey, and it would still have like blue and green and all that stuff. But because so many people hated the death of Red so suddenly, it is now that they just had to quit and the manga was finished, and it's even hard to find copies to this day. After the great Pokemon manga book burning of 2009. <laughs> what the heck? How did you say that so clean? Okay, I'm kidding. Um, obviously, Red did not die. But it is the end of the chapter, and we jump into chapter 22, a hollow victory bell. So, the control center guy... And an assistant, and Red's Pikachu, and Poliwrath, and Ivysaur are wandering the Safari Zone looking for Red. Then we see Red's cap laying in the grass as the Victory Bell that ate him wanders off. But then we see that Red is in the mouth of the Victory Bell and is holding himself up from its pit of acid that must be <laughs> its stomach, I guess, when it dissolves oh. it. Victory Bell are placed off of um, a certain plant that grow on trees. Um, Flytrap? No, not Venus Flytrap. But they have this, like, sweet smell in them, and flies fly in there, and they get stuck Oh, in yeah! Like, they slip in. I learned about this. Oh, I forgot yeah. about that. You, I think you're absolutely correct that they're probably based somewhat off of that, for sure. Now, normally, bugs eat nectar from flowers, but it's the opposite way with... This flower eats the bugs. It's like no. a Venus flytrap traps. Yeah. Things. Anyway, um... So, yeah, he's holding himself up from the pit of acid, and then he's wrapped back up in vines, and a bunch of Bellsprout and Weeping Bells show up, and Pidgeabot informs Red that he must not have been eaten on the spot, like he was thinking it was going to happen, because he must be food for the others to help them evolve. Which, this turns out to be true. Um, but he held himself up. Right. So he would have been eaten. Do you think that the Victory Bell could have pushed him in? Maybe. Probably. And then he would have dissolved and not been able to be fertilizer for the rest, right off the bat. Anyway. Um, Red struggles with the vines, but Pidgeabot reminds him that brute strength ain't gonna work. So, Red thinks up a plan that has Pidgeabot fly up with Red's polka flute that he apparently has, and play it. Wait, oh, sorry, I cut over some stuff. So, um, he's struggling against the vines, then the victory bell is like spending, spreading out like 
fertilizer of other things it's eaten already into the weep and bells and bell sprouts to help them evolve while they're all sleeping. Oh. And and then red will be next. He'll be dissolved into the fertilizer as well, right? Um, pretty grotesque actually. It's pretty frightening. It's kind of creepy. It's cool. <laughs> Pokemon gets a little dark in the manga. <laughs> This kind of stuff doesn't happen in the anime at all. <laughs> nope. Um, even the video game is usually pretty light. At least Red and Blue is. Anyway, so, yeah, Red is trying to get out of there. And so he comes up with that plan and has Pidgeot fly up with the Poke Flute and play it, which wakes I up. I thought Pidgeot couldn't fly. Well, he does now. Um, yeah, he got his wing damage. He said he couldn't fly, but I think he flies here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's Yep, he plays the... F- Maybe he repaired himself. Maybe it's a self-repair thing and it just took a little bit. Anyway. Um, There's no wing there. It's just a spring. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So maybe he could fly the whole time. He just had his wing damaged. Good job, Pidgeot. <laughs> anyway. Well, he's good. He saved Red's life earlier. That's how he got damaged. Anyway. So the bell, the, the flute is played. All the bells wake up because of it. And they're distracted by the flute itself instead of Red. Um, and then Red uses his Poke Doll, which is used in games and stuff to, like, distract a Pokemon from the Pokemon you had out there, mm-hmm. um, so that he's able to slip out, and that interrupts the whole ritual, and so, yeah, so then he makes a run for it, but, uh, the One-Eyed Nidoking returns. One-Eyed Nidoking? Yeah, because he threw a brick in its eye earlier. So it just has one eye? Yeah, he's like this the whole time. Yep. He shut. Yeah, I don't know if it's gone or not, but. He's... Let's just pretend that it's hurt so he hasn't shut. It's they refer it... to him as a one-eyed Ditto King, so he might just not have a working eye there anymore. Oh. It looked it looked like a pointed rock, so it looked like it really... Oh, that's right. It was really pointy, wasn't it? Hurt. So, he shows back up and blocks Red's escape. But instead of running away again this time, a different direction, he allows the Ditto King to come charging towards him, making the bell think that the Ditto King is stealing their food which is red, and so they fight, and then the king weakens the victory bell, so red captures the victory bell with a safari ball. Then red uses victory bell, like he takes him right back out, to fight the Nidoking, king, and then captures the Nidoking. king. He has a no, you know, one-eyed Nidoking. king. Yep. Wait, does he only have one horn too? It's a one-eyed one horn. <laughs> Flying purple people eater. <laughs> wait, okay, wait. He's a Nidoking. king, Nido Is he purple? Actually... I think they are. I think Nidoking King is purple. One eyed, one Because Nido Queen is like kind of a light blue. Flying purple people. Eat. That's hilarious. He's planning on eating red. So yeah. One eyed, one, 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 one purple people eater. Flying purple people. Oh, he doesn't fly, I guess. One eyed, one, one purple eat people eater. Anyway, so, but then after capturing the Victory Bell and the Nido King, we then see three more Nido Kings, another Victory Bell, and a bunch of mean-looking bell sprout coming for Red. Then we go back to the search party. They're calling for Red and find his hat that we saw earlier, right? Uh, they try to tread carefully as they also recognize this is Victory Bell country, uh, and then they are soon surrounded by Victory Bells and Nido Kings. But then we see Red is on top of a Nido King, holding a ball, Another safari ball, and wondering... Oh, two safari balls. And wondering what he should catch next. We then find out that the surrounding Pokemon were all caught by red. And that includes the Kings, the Victory Bells, the Weepin' Bells, Bell Sprouts. It also includes some Executes and Parasects. The owner of the Safari Zone area is quite astonished. And that is how that concludes. Now, 
With those covered, let us jump into Safari Zone stories in the anime. Pokemon? Yes. Flamathon! So we start with the Flame Pokemonathon. Uh, it's what's Flame Pokemonathon? That's what it says. What's it called? Are or, you sure? What it's, what's it about again? Well, I will tell you what it's about as I read it. So first we hear the narrator bring up the gang is going to the Safari Zone. So I think, so I thought, hey, we're in the Safari Zone. But we're not really. We're in a Pokemon Reserve instead, where Pokemon catching is completely off limits. In fact, we learn this, I think, because the girl riding the Ponita stops him from trying to catch one. Well, um, uh, no, Growlithe. Growlithe. The, Growlithe. There was, there was um, a bunch of Tauros that were stampeding. Yeah. He decided to fight one. Sure. Um, And then the Growlithe started fighting, like, Squirtle or something, whatever he sent out. And he was like, oh, a wild Growlithe. So then he was going to try and catch that, and then... Um, a girl on a Ponita came. I didn't mean that he was trying to catch a Ponita. I meant that he was trying to catch a Pokemon, and the girl on the Ponita is the one to stop him, is what I was trying no, to say. Growlithe stopped him, basically. Growlithe He was trying to catch Pokemon. the Growlithe. Well, he stopped him. He stopped The Growlithe Ash. stopped his Pokemon. Okay. Well, sure. But yes. anyway, he was planning on catching Pokemon, and the and girl informs him he cannot. And the girl explains. This is how we learn that it's the reserve. Let's see. Oh, and then they question how she can ride on it, which you guys did before even Ash brings it up. They're like, hey... How is she riding on a Ponita? There's fire all over him. And she then, they ask the same question and she even explains. Ponita won't burn those that it trusts. It will allow the flames to not hurt it. Yep. And so then, you know, Ash tries to pet it and almost gets burned up. Um, And then he uses Squirrel to put the fire out. Does he? I don't even remember Mm -hmm. that. That's funny. Yeah, he's like, ah! And then then the next scene is him squatting down with Squirtle (laughs) using water gun. That's funny. I, I totally missed that part, or don't remember it. But then we learn that there's an upcoming race for Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And we learn there's a jerk in the race. We do learn there's a jerk in the race, and he's being mean to the and Ponita girl. And he has girl. a Dodrio. And he rides on a Dodrio, and we learn that the, the from the Pokedex, the three heads are supposed to represent like three different emotions or something like yeah, that. Yeah, two of them are bad, one is good. Yeah, something. That's all I remember. Sadness, happy, happy sad, anger. Ah, uh, that makes, yep, that sounds about right. Um, And what was... What exactly did they not like about each other? And what was the purpose of the race? I don't even remember okay, what the, the purpose, purpose of the race was. the purpose was to become an honorary member of this family, which she was a part uh... of that family, like literally a part of it. And um, they owned a big ranch with a lot of Pokemon. So and... he wanted to win so that he could be a part of that family. And so there's he had a cash a... prize, I think. Oh, and a cash prize. But she was going to like just go to try and stop people, you know what I mean? Like not big com- she wasn't being mean at all he was it was just a competition so like you have some of your own family in there too to like try to win and if you can beat them then you get to be part of the family you could stay part of the family or if you weren't part of the family you can become part of it like the guy right yeah that's what he was trying yeah and he was being a jerk about it well she didn't care right 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 okay yeah i, I kind of I, the race and everything was really cool but i kind of missed like the point of it <laughs> I just knew there was some beef between her and this other guy, and, and if he won, it would be bad news. She didn't have any beef. Well, eventually, on him. somebody. Well, he had beef with her, therefore there was beef. And then somebody told her that like the Toros were going all crazy. Well, they go to the town. Yeah. No, he tells her the Toros are going crazy. Yeah. And then uh, she goes back to the ranch because she was in town. She and rides everybody... her pony, and everyone was wishing her luck. Mm, yep. And then she goes back to the ranch. And tries to settle them down and tells Growlithe to get in there. Then she was on her Ponita and the Ponita got scared. She well, something back. swooped right by through there. 
we later learn that Team Rocket sent something through there. Yeah. The garage. Team Rocket is... Uh, I thought it was a Pokemon or something. It was a Pokemon. It was. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. probably like Arbok or something, but they moved too quick or something. Mm-hmm. And she broke her arm or sprained her wrist or something right. where she couldn't ride. And the Ponita and, flipped out. And you, she couldn't grip her reins correctly so that the Ponita... That's why she couldn't ride. Yeah. yeah, but then because of her getting knocked off, the Ponita got scared too. Like, that's what threw her off, right? So the mm-hmm. Ponita was freaking out, and Ash is able to calm it down, and all of a sudden there's some trust between him and the Ponita. Except but not, not enough. enough trust, as we learn later. But because of that trust, he gets to be the one to ride it, right? Um, They were in there talking about it, and I'm not sure how they came to the conclusion that they should have Ash try and ride it, but Ash burnt his hand again. Because he was told oh, to try right. and ride it. And then um, po- the trainer talks to Ponita and um, told Ponita that it will prove how great she is if she wins right. the race with someone else riding her. And um, she says she'll be very pleased with her, basically, to coax her into it. Nice. And so eventually she lets Ash ride it and then they're out there training and Ash, like gets onto it without being burnt, and then goes, woohoo, and sticks his arms up in the air, and the pony just starts booking it. <laughs> and he's hanging onto the tail. He accidentally kicks Oh, that's right, he's hanging on the tail. I totally forgot about that part. That was hilarious. Because some how people were... He, how is he holding on to fire, though? Because it's probably not just strictly fire. Maybe it's a tail in there, flames. I wonder yeah, what the then, tail looks like. I wonder what... What did Missy say? She said at least he's... Hanging in there? Yeah. yeah I think so, because he was hanging Also, we did learn that Team Rocket is working for the jerk face, of course, which is, mm-hmm. so they had planned to try to get her out of the race. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, now that she's not completely out of the race, they have to come up with more plans. Yep. And then, then we get to the race, right? Uh-huh. Oh, sorry. What? Um, the reason that Ash gets to ride Ponita is because when she was sitting there and Ash was trying to grip the Ponita's reins, she was like, he's really good, and that's... Yes, so she trusted him, and Ponita slightly trusted him, but not enough to ride. So then she coaxed Ponita to let him ride, right? Mm-hmm. Does that all make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm pretty sure you said that all. Uh, we missed the linking of her recognizing that Ash was trustworthy when she saw him tame the Ponita. So, that's what Rosella wanted to bring up. Thank you. All right, so then we get to the race. And just the lineup had me amused, because Brock decides to enter with his Onyx. Mm-hmm. And Misty's riding on Star... You, Star Me? One of them. One or the other. Anyway, she's and, riding on one of her stars. And then Pikachu That's the part that's hilarious to me. Squirtle. Yes. Pikachu and Squirtle. But yeah, when they're going through the lineup, and then all of a sudden we see little... Because they're all on big things, or it's sitting tall or whatever... And then we see Squirtle with Pikachu on its back. And I'm like, what? <laughs> but apparently they were allowed to continue in the run, so. Apparently a Pokemon When they were going up the hill, Pokemon. Pikachu ended up, like, helping yes. Squirtle up yes. the hill. Yeah, he got Seriously? off and was pushing Squirtle pushing. up there. Alright, what was before the hill? I don't remember right before the hill, but I do remember that when they're starting the race, Team Rocket already is up to no good, and they shoot a... Tauros in the eye because he makes a joke about getting a bullseye. Yeah, <laughs> which was and funny. And then Jesse pops up, or close to it anyway. Yes, and the, and because of that, the Tauros veers off and knocks a couple other down and stuff. Like Only one. one. And then they're going up a hill, and we find out one guy is riding an electrode. Yeah. And um, they start going down the hill, and he's like running the opposite direction or whatever to stay on top. You know how you had to do that. And Team Rocket had dug a hole so that he fell right into it. And it, it exploded, didn't it? It boomed. Yeah, that was funny. It self-destruct. Yeah. 
I think it was like explosion instead of self destruct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's what they called it. And then they got to the food part where they had to finish a whole bowl of food before they could continue. Squirtle and Pikachu are sitting there eating the food together because they both love it. Right. And um, the Dedrio is fighting. The three heads are because all they're fighting. all trying to fight you, over you the miss, food. You missed mm-hmm. the part. And um, what like Ash gets like blown up and like him and Pony Ponyta are both like dizzy and then Pikachu zaps them and they're all ready to go again. Oh yeah, gives them a little charge. Yeah, and then they're all eating, and that's when Team Rocket shows up with um their Pokemon and. Motto. Before the start race began, Ponita was like sent out extra flames, and Misty and Brock are like, "Careful, you're gonna burn up the track." <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then, yeah, Team Rocket shows up, and they put out a cloud with wheezing, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So nobody can see what's going on. Yeah. But, and honestly, I don't even like. I don't even remember how they beat Team Rocket. Well, like, I usually don't remember how they beat no, Team Rocket. No, no, they were um, just fighting it, and they were Weez. losing. And um, But then Weez. they the Didrio finally finished their food, and Misty, and... Oh, before this was the water, wasn't it? Was the water before this? I thought it may... No, because because they try to tell Ash to leave to continue the race while they deal with Team Misty Rocket. Misty and Pikachu are the ones doing that, aren't they? I thought Brock was there, too. No, I don't think he was because earlier there was a water challenge. I'm pr- I'm pretty sure Brock was still there. I thought the water challenge. I think the water challenge was first. Do you think so? Yeah. Yeah, because. They, what about you? Do you remember? They're out uh, of the the f- road was first where Toros got crazy. Yep. And then the water challenge. No, oh, was the water next? Okay. Because um, they that was when they left the race. Brock. Brock yeah, left the race in the water because. Yeah, I remember that. On I just thought it was after. Star you or Star me zooms across the water with Misty on top. The other Pokemon do just fine, except and Onyx Squirtle. gets there, and his face was so funny with the animation. It's just like, oh no. <laughs> and Brock's like, it's okay, we tried our best. Okay, so first Squirtle and Pikachu were in the water and zooming. With oh yeah, Star. sure, sure, sure. And I forgot what the Pokemon name. The Pokemon's name was, and the guy was riding it. He hops onto the first rock, he sinks in, the guy's first, like, waving his arms about, and then he just plucks his nose as he's going down. <laughs> and that's why Brock is, like, sadly crying. Mm, and then Ponita hops like out a bunch line. of stones to cross, right? Yeah, the stones were there to, meant to be crossed. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was like a path for But if you stay, I'm pretty sure if you stayed but on But Onyx doesn't long, hop, so. I think if you stayed on one too long, it would break. Or not well, break. Well, that ride on look kind of heavy. Yeah, well, they're, they're a heavy Pokemon. All right, so, so okay, so then the water came first, and then we get to the eating, then the smoke screen, and then we're dealing with Team Rocket. And I know Misty tries to tell Ash to just keep going, but I thought he stayed for a bit to help. Um, She stayed for a bit, then she told him to get going, and he listened. Oh, then he listened? I mm-hmm. thought he didn't listen right away, but okay. He trusted them. They had, they cool. had Pikachu and Squirtle. And then, what, did Pikachu just zap them and they blasted off again? Or I don't remember. I we, we never saw him blast off at Oh, we didn't? Oh, okay. Yes, we did. Weezing, I'm sure we did. Weezing used, like, this gas attack, and Ponyta just burns that, and it goes all the way up to them, and they burn That's right. Yeah, see, he didn't leave right away. I didn't think he left right away. He left, and they took care of it. No, he, they told him to leave, but he did not leave. I totally remember him not, like, leaving right away, because I thought it was weird. Like, oh, they, that's a good idea. He should just keep going. They'll take care of it. But then he didn't, because Ponyta did its thing. And he's like, Pikachu, Squirtle. Because it was almost like a sludge that could burn, like almost like gas or something. It was it gas. It is gas. Yeah. 
and then he at first he says Pikachu and Squirt like he calls out Pikachu and Squirtle and then Arbok uses glare and they just turn all colors and then So why did so because he stayed long enough for that, why did Misty and Pikachu not continue in the race? So like why didn't Pikachu and Squirtle and Misty and Starmie or whatever continue the race? Well Pikachu and Squirtle got glare on them, like Oh, that's right. They uh, got glare. Yep. Starmie had um ink on her face oh yeah oh okay and so it was just up to ash to catch up to the dodrio mm-hmm. and they were neck and neck and... well for so yeah it takes a bit but he does catch up to the dodrio mm-hmm. and then of course he's pulling his little crap and knocks him back a ways yeah it's weird like that... pecks at him or something it's weird yeah. that um ponita doesn't pass Dodrio because he was able to catch she was able to catch up or whatever sure i can explain that to some extent because when you run a race, you want to pace yourself. You don't always run top speed the entire time. Okay. And so Ponita had to run top speed to catch up. And then it's probably getting exhausted. So, of course, they're just neck and neck for a bit. Then Dodrio Jerkface cheats by having a peck and interfere with the race. And so Ponita and Ash fall back. And then while they're trying to run and catch up again, this had everybody super excited. Like, my kids that were watching it and everything just like, oh, this is so awesome. But And they knew it was coming as soon as Ponita started to glow. And we all kind of knew, especially with the music mm-hmm. going on and everything. And all of a sudden, evolves into Rapid Dash. And of course, wins by nose. Yes, and then... then after he wins, oh, yeah. the guy on the Dudreel goes, You cheated! You And like, said you interfered. Yeah, but I, I mainly remember the cheating. I'm like, what? <laughs> it was ridiculous. To the pier, all things are pure. But to the defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. Darn straight. And yeah, so then with the victory, everything's all happy and hunky-dory, and we move on. Then, episode 34, we have the Kangaskhan Kid. So, the gang is still going into the Savari Zone, apparently, according to the narrator. And they wonder if they're... Or maybe not... Maybe not the narrator. Maybe it was just Ash and them, because they said, Hey, I wonder if we're out of the reservation yet, so they can finally catch Pokemon. Mm -hmm. So then they try to catch Pokemon, and Officer Jenny shows up and says, Hey, poachers, because they're still in the reserve. (laughs) Yeah, and then they're like, we honestly didn't know, and she finally believes them. Right. Um, but she had taken them back to, like, the base or something by that point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and she's a ranger here, so not Officer Jenny. Ranger Jenny, I think, is what she calls herself here. Pokemon Ranger Jenny? Yeah, Spire maybe. So- ranger Jenny? Something like that. I don't know. Um, and, oh, but before all that, uh, we do see a lot of Pokemon out in the wild, like Chansey and Mankey and stuff like mm-hmm. that, so that was kind of cool. It, many of the things that you can find in like the safari zone and stuff too of, of red and blue yeah chancy um, was the main thing yeah chancy was very exciting to see so okay so yeah she decides to let him off with, like a warning or whatever and while they're at headquarters an alert goes off indicating more poachers i wonder who that could be but ash and them want to tag along so they do they don't want to they uses their excuse was that they wanted to make it up to her and when they get there they find I think they find Team Rocket. They're trying to catch Kangaskhan or something. Yeah. But then a kid comes swinging in and drives yeah, them off. That's because all the Kangaskhan were stuck in a net. Oh, that's right. And he's like, Kanga, Kanga, Kangaskhan! Or something along those lines. Yeah. That was his cry. Like a six-year-old Kanga, boy or something. And he wears like a, well, basically what looks like a caveman tunic kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But he's kind of fulfilling the Tarzan role. But he's just this little kid. And then after Team Rocket's driven off and the Kangaskhan are saved and Kangaskhan kid disappears. Uh, we have a helicopter arrive with a weird little dude and his wife, who Annoying I didn't wasn't dude. for sure if it was his wife at first either. Yeah, I was because she called him 
like papa or something like that but he just calls her mama just like like parents do sometimes they call each other mama and papa or mom and dad or whatever just because that's what they're used to calling them in front of the kids and we find out that five years ago they were taking a tour in the helicopter and the father thought it would be a good idea to hold their young son tommy out of the helicopter window to get a good look at the pokemon below and, and then he accidentally well, the mom, drops him. The mommy says, be careful. He's like, he just wants a good view. And then he drops him and the mom is like, what? He's like, he's just getting a closer look. Well, and he says he'll be just fine. He's a smart kid and capable. And he has a parachute, apparently, because he even activates the parachute. So the dad was right that his kid was smart enough to activate a parachute. But still. Then they land, go look for the parachute. They find the parachute, but not the kid. And they didn't find the kid for all that time. It was like five years, I think they yep, mentioned. Five years. Yeah, I said five years. She keeps getting angry at him, like at random points. Well, he's kind of an idiot. I know. He's the one who dropped the baby. Right. And at one point, I don't remember when, but he goes, "It's your fault. He fell." Yeah, ridiculous. I did not like this guy. I don't like this episode. So, but yeah, they had given up hope by this point. But then they heard some recent reports about a kid in this area about Tommy's age now. Um, and Jenny seems to know Tomo. As they, as she names, knows him, mm-hmm. and even has his address. His address. That's what it seemed like. I thought that's what she said. Like she had like a thing, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I know exactly where he's at." Like had an address for him, even oh, though it's like a wild area. Yeah, that's a little. I heard weird. the show, but I didn't watch it. Sure, I thought she said address anyway. I don't know. It was weird. She said something. Like um. So so they try to reunite with Tomo, who doesn't fully recognize them. He doesn't really recognize him at all at the beginning. At first, and then he... Oh, he asks Ash, or was it Missy? Probably Missy because of the reaction. But he goes, you human or Pokemon? And she gets upset because she he thought she was a Pokemon. Yeah. And then he asks the same thing again when his they parents show up. They human or Pokemon? Yep. Um, but he, I think, what, does he get hit in the head or something? The dad hits him in the head. Right. And it does actually, his plan does work to some extent. He does have some memories then. But then he still he just becomes very angry and confused. But then we get this whole little weird re, uh, reunion interrupted by Team Rocket again, who you has a new plan and they built a giant mechanical Kangaskhan that they drive around in to try to capture the other Kangaskhan. And the heroes are having difficulty stopping the giant mech. Uh, but then Tommy's parents crash their helicopter into it, exploding it all. And then Tomo, or Tommy, is sad when he gets to the area, thinking his parents are dead. Because he did finally recognize who they were, to some mm-hmm. extent. But then they climb out of the rubble, somehow wearing caveman-type garments just like Tomo's. Yep. <laughs> Where did those come from? <laughs> they ordered one-minute delivery. <laughs> I guess. Or they just flew over and got them. And so then they also decide to join Tomo and his Kangaskhan family. So they also get to be Kangaskhan with their Kangaskhan kid. And then, and then with long. that quote-unquote happy ending, uh, the gang continues on to maybe finally make it to the Safari Zone. Only, in the American-released episodes, they never make it. Mm-hmm. That's sad. <laughs> Instead, we jump to the, onto the Bridge Bike Gang episode, and the, and the narrator in that mentions that they recently got out of the Safari Zone, which also leaves us a little confused, because they never really made it in. But we... Decided to find and watch the banned Japanese episode. They had too many guns. Oh, yeah. It was banned because of a lot of pointing guns at people. Never fired one. I think you're right. 
Anyway. I feel like he... Wait, nope. Oh. It was fired. It was fired. I had just seen James when they dropped onto the post. He was like, get down from there! They're like, hey, mm. we're in the middle of our So they did fire guns at people too. So not oh. only pointed, but also fired. All right. They didn't but they danced a lot before they hopped down. And then James hopped down and was like, trust okay. me, Jesse. Except that they're not Jesse and James. Oh, right. I don't remember what Jesse's name was. I didn't quite catch it. It was too quick. But it's, I think Kojiro is is uh, James's no name. I have Anyway, yeah, we had to re- watch this in Japanese with the translations, uh, dubs or whatever, which was interesting. But anyway, this episode is 35, The Legend of Trutini, or actually the legend of mini ryu because in japan dratini is called mini ryu and ryu is the japanese word for dragon i believe and then mini is mini so the little dragon first off what was fun about this episode for us is that it had a different opening theme song and different animations with some of them being the same that we had in the series um now i still prefer our american theme song by far but it was cool. It was cool to see these different like animation sequences and have a different song and everything. I thought it was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we learned some of the Japanese names. I don't know if they ever even mentioned Brock's name, and if they did, I never caught it. Me neither. But we definitely did get Misty's name, which was Kasumi. Kasumi. And Ash's name, which is Satoshi. Satoshi. And it sounded like Tauros was actually called Ken Tauros or something, which was interesting. I don't know what that means. Tauros. I don't know. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so they do actually make it to the Safari Zone in this episode, and the Warden is constantly pointing guns at the character. Well, we already kind of got over that, but he's the one who's pointing the guns at people all the time. Yeah. um, Also, they don't refer to the Pokemon as Pokemon at all. It's Pocket Monsters, because Poka is... Pocket and then Mon is That's monsters. That's right. They do say pocket monsters and monsters and monster balls. I think maybe not in this one. Maybe monster in the balls. other. That might have been in the other band episode. But either way. Um, Wait, why monster balls? It's pokeballs, right? So it should be pocket balls. So the warden seems to be adamant that there are no Dratini in the Safari Zone. I forget why they even bring it up. That's because they saw a picture on the wall of him in a Dratini. I thought that was later. You might be right though. Maybe, or maybe I'm thinking about them finding it and then Team Rocket finding it. I don't know. Anyway. No, Team Rocket hears that. So he's adamant that there is no Tritini, though. And Team Rocket, though, later tortures the Warden after they show up on the post like you were talking about, yeah. uh, Flame. Um, they jump off. Because there. the gang goes out to go catch Pokemon with Savari Balls. I because believe. they make a deal. And Team Rocket says they're going to play fair, but they never. Oh, that's right. I forgot all about that. When they showed up, they had some... Whoever catches the most Pokemon. Not the different Pokemon. Yes. Catch the most Pokemon wins. That's right. And so Ash, or Satoshi, and Kasumi, and all them go out to catch Pokemon. Meanwhile, Team Rocket goes back to the Warden and tortures him. And they do a couple different things to try to intimidate him to tell him, but it's the Tickle Torture that finally gets him. What were the other two things? They like pointed a bazooka at him and threatened him. I think I don't. I don't remember what all they did. Yeah. But they. They pointed a gun at him. Yeah. But then I think there was like one other thing. But it was the tickle torture that finally got him to talk. And somewhere in here, we also got his memory of the Dratini that he knew. I think. I thought it was later. Maybe it's later. He at some point when they finally know there are Dratini there, he tells them about it. Yeah. So he tells them that there was that he. Yeah. He does tell them that he did have a Dratini friend back in the Safari Zone Well, somewhere. that's because there was a Dratini, and after everyone knew there was a Dratini, they trashed the place, like, That's right. Because everybody it. came looking for Dratini. Which, I mean, honestly, what are, we'd go to the Safari Zone, but for Dratini and some other Pokemon. 
I got a chancy. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> Ash finds a herd of Tauros, so he decides to catch one. He throws it, catches one. Later on, though, he goes to catch something else. A was it Rhydon? Okay, thank you. He catches, goes to catch a Rhydon, but then the herd of Tauros show back up and run right in front of him, and so his Pokeball catches a Tauros. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is this the only time we see him catch another he Tauros? He only has two Tauros. Okay. It felt like a, ga- a bit that should have happened at least one more time, but that's okay. We get the final of it all later. Yeah, this is a whole bit, though, because by the end of the episode, we'll just go ahead and skip to that, we find out that he used all his, po- he his sent, Safari Balls. He sent the Tauros over to... And he sends them all to Professor Oak, and they're all Tauros. Because it's all he managed to catch out there. He was probably trying to catch all kinds of things, but he just kept catching Tauros. And they trample over poor Oak in his lab. He must have caught the whole herd. But before, he had Muck crushing him under all the goop. Stinky, stinky Muck. That's right. Well, yeah, a lot of times when we see Oak now, he has the troubles with the Muck. And Mm -hmm. Oak's like, next time, send me a less... Stinky, stinky Pokemon or whatever. And it's interesting because this collection of Savari Bulls filled with Toro or for the Tauros herd are brought up in a much later episode that is in America. So it's really a little confusing because then as the audience, we're like, when did he go to the Savari Zone and catch a bunch of Tauros? Because we never got the episode. <laughs> so Jesse and James find the Dratini. Uh, meanwhile, the warden's off trying to tell uh, Ash and Misty and everything that he was tortured and told them where it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jesse and James are trying to catch the Tratini, and James is underwater looking for him or something. James and Meow. And Meow. And Tratini shows up on the surface of the water. And she steps on their air pipe. Yes, but because she's getting closer to the water and you know calling for the Dratini closer, and the Dratini is coming closer. She almost has this Dratini, but then because of the whole thing with the air hose, uh, James and Meowth flip out and come out and spook the Dratini. Well, they were trying to hold their breath. I know. <laughs> I'm just saying. So it spooked, and so the Dratini disappeared. And then they used a... They decided they were going to use a stun bomb. Yes, they were going to throw a bomb into the water and... Stun bomb a stun bomb into the water to get the Dratinis. But after they throw it in there, the warden goes in to go get it. And so does Ash, using Misty Staryu. So he books Which, it down there Also, Staryu. Staryu had a weird name that sounded very close to Hitmonchan, but it wasn't Hitmonchan. Yeah, Staryu books it down there with Ash, and then Ash gives the warden the Staryu, and he swims down, which I don't understand. Uh, yeah, he gives the star you to get the warden back out of the water, and Ash does the swimming to the bomb on his own the rest of the way. Yep. I don't understand why. Well, because probably the guy would have kept going after it as well, so he wanted to get him out to save him, because Ash is all about saving everybody else, even though it's maybe not the smartest method to do so. Just like when he jumps in front of a bunch of Spearow to save Pikachu and things like that, so. Okay, that was the smartest method to keep them both safe. Safe-ish. Nah, <laughs> I disagree, actually, but that's okay. What do you disagree with? If anything, he should have probably covered Pikachu with his own body. Because there's so many Spearow for a tiny little Ash, many of them are going to get right past Ash. So he's going to just get chopped oh, to pieces, I'm and Pikachu is still so... in danger. <laughs> so he almost drowns in the water after he gets the bomb, right? Mm-hmm. And then that's when he's rescued by Dragonair. Yes. Yeah, and so they and apparently Dragonair can fly, so they fly up into the sky. Mm-hmm. And can control the weather. And can control the weather. Like make it snow or rain. Yep. And so then what happens? Um, it flies up, controls the weather. Ash gives Team Rocket the stun bomb. Team Rocket's blasting off again. And they go blast off. Ding! Ding! <laughs> Ding! 
And yeah, so then they went out and they protect the Dratini, and I think that oh, and we find out the Dratini that they saw earlier is the child of the dragon heir, and the dragon heir is the warden's Dratini friend. Yeah, which was cute. So, and I think that's about it for that episode. Yeah. Oh, also at the end of that episode, we get a traditional kind of anime thing where they preview the next episode, mm-hmm. which was fun. Yep. Which is the bridge bike gang. Where they have just gotten out of the safari zone, they want to cross a bridge to get from one town to the next, which they didn't think the bridge was finished yet, but, or like, they didn't know the bridge was completed, which it turns out it's not completed. Because Brock seemed to know about it or something. Yeah. Um, but then when they're being told that it's not completed, some people ride bikes off onto it, and they're like, well, the bike path is completed, but you need to have a bike. And that's when Misty's like, um. Seems like we would be fine if someone didn't destroy mine. But she wouldn't even be with them. If oh, yeah. There's so many things wrong with that idea. But she's just bitter. <laughs> about and the bike. hasn't Ash saved her life or something? Oh. Or I... at least helped her enough to for her to forget about the dumb bike? Who knows? Well, then they go to the Pokemon Center to figure out what to do. Charcoal That's exactly bag. the words I wrote down. <laughs> I was, like, reading along with what you were saying. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's the chat. Goodbye. All right. Um, yeah, and Joy says that the Joy in the other town needs some medicine. Quick. But she can't go because of some of the Pokemon that need her there. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, we we can do it. And they agree because they also get to get use the Poke Center bikes to cross to do mm-hmm. so. Because at first they're like, well, we can't because we can't cross over there. bridge, though. It's a long bridge. Um... So they're, they're riding along, and on the way, they run into the bike gang. Bike gang. And they get into oh, a... Oh, before this, oh. Um, Jesse and James were talking about how it's their hometown. Or oh, yeah, we get it. When they're riding on the on the bridge, we see them on in the water. On a boat. On a boat. Or a raft or something. Yeah, something like that. And talking about how it is a place that they had grown up or spent some time. Because, yeah, so then the bike gang, they get into, like, some Pokemon battles... And, like, I think Ash fights one first, and then some other girl trainer shows up, and then Missy's like, I will take care of this one. <laughs> and she sends out, I forget who she means to send out, Star oh, you Star or something. Star it's me. always a star. Yeah. No, no. Well, that's not true. She's tried to send out Horsey, I think, before. But... Almost always a star. Anyway, she sends out, or tries to send out, but we see a beam come from her bag, because a different Pokeball opened, and it's... But this one is so funny. Because she uses tail whip first. Yep. Then... Because she's trying to remember the moves after the whole Koga battle. Yes. And then, uh, does she use confusion next? Scratch. Really? Same as the Koga gym? I think so. She's using the non-psychic powers first. Because those those Psyduck can do. Psyduck can't do the other one. Yeah, so she uses scratch next. All the bikers are laughing at Psyduck. Which is so mean. And then, um... She says confusion, and the headache isn't big enough yet, so she grabs a bike. Well, before that, I think when she tells him to use confusion, he just stands there, and a bunch of question marks pop up over his head or something. No, because he's confused. Because he doesn't know what to do. (laughs) I could be wrong, but I thought that's what happened. Yeah, I think so. And then she grabs a bike, and is like, I'll give him a headache myself. But then they're interrupted. Yeah. By Officer Jenny. Is that true? I thought it was something else that interrupted this part of it. No, Pretty police. Sure Jenny. It's the police. Jenny. Nope, it is two people on unicycles. Uh, uh, are you sure? Yeah, because I remember. Because then the that gets interrupted later by Jenny. Officer Jenny. Mm-hmm. Officer Jenny. Oh, yeah, because they're like. Well, now. like, I think right after them is probably Officer yeah, Jenny. Yeah, but first we get a whole conversation with 
Jesse and James, who show up on unicycles. And we learn that they're little James and... Big Jesse. Big Jesse. Big Jess. Big Jess. That's who they... The bike gang seems to know them from the past. Because little James got his nickname because (laughs) he had to use um, training wheels with his bike. He was the only one in the gang with training wheels. Yep, but he was so fierce with his training wheels. And then Big Jess... Always was swinging a chain around while she was riding around. Yes, it seems very dangerous. But they seem to look up to them. Yeah, and they tell them that you're only really cool now if you ride on one wheel, which is a unicycle. Um, I thought that was more of a clown thing. (laughs) But so then they're all going to get into a scuff, or maybe they even start to, I don't even know. But then Officer Jenny shows up and scares the whole gang off. And um, they have a conversation... She says she'll um help them, and then they're like, well, we, I'm not sure if we need help or something, or the bike path is the only path ready, and then she's, oh, that's, she'll be their personal escort, but then she got oh, called something else. That's right. She gets, yeah. Because she she's on a motorcycle. Else. That's right. Yep. And so then they continue their riding, and... Big Storm. Big Storm shows up. Does Team Rocket try to interfere one more time? I thought they did. Um, Big Storm, they... Team Rocket is in a little shelter along the bike path with the rest of the biking. Um, the kids are riding out in the storm still. Yep. Um, the main guy and the main girl are looking. Who look up to Jesse and James? They said that the like, storm's no big deal to them. Mm. Or it shouldn't be. Oh, Jesse and James don't want to go out in the storm. Yeah, they're like at least that's, we're here inside. That's and right. Then they're gonna because go I, stop them. Because I do remember whatever. the bike gang being very impressed with Ash and them continuing through the storm, and then they even find out the bike path isn't actually fully complete, and they do that jump. No, no, it's fully. It's complete. complete. It it's was like a, a ship. A ship was going to jump the gap because like it slants up. Yep. They're gonna jump the gap. Um, Ash needs to get the po- medicine to the Pokemon right then, so he goes up. But at the same time, Team Rocket is going up, and they go up. And Ash isn't going to make it. Oh, the bike gang pushes them out there because they're like, oh, they're cool, but you're not. And so they have to prove themselves? Is that what they're doing? That's right. Ash and Co. step on Team Rocket's heads to finish getting over. And once they get down, I don't remember exactly how it goes, but the bike gang ends up knowing that they're trying to get medicine to have one. And so they feel bad and decide to escort them the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. No, they're like, they're the, you're the actual coolest people. Yeah, but they decide to go with them. Yeah. Is the point. And Nurse Joy is getting worried. The Nurse Joys are getting worried. Well, of course they are. But it all works out. They get mm-hmm. the medicine there and everything's hunky-dory. Then we move on to episode 37. Ditto's Mysterious Mansion. Did not watch this so we had another storm, For first of all. Caught in a storm. The gang rushed into a well, building. it was so nice and then it started raining. Yeah, just out of nowhere. And that doesn't, and the building doesn't even have anyone in it. Then they run into a Pikachu with a messed up face. I think it's so cute. And then Misty goes to like hold it or something, and it turns around. And she's like, ah! Yep. Because it turns out it's a Ditto looking just like Pikachu. Then when Ash is excited about this new Pokemon, he tries to catch it, and he only ever seems to try to catch these new Pokemon when he's not going to be able to for some reason, because <laughs> another Pokeball knocks his out of the way, and we see. And Ash with green hair standing in the shadows. Wait, Ash with green hair? Yeah, there's another Ash there that threw a Pokeball at the same time and knocked his Pokeball. It's a girl. But Brock immediately knows it is a girl. 
because of his men's intuition. Um, but he doesn't go weird this time about it, like usual. And then we find out because she is too young for him. So he's got standards, I guess. Um, and we find out her name is Duplica. And this is interesting to me because in our journey in the video games in Saffron City, after we did the Silphco and drove ro- the Team Rocket out of the city so we could fight Sabrina, mm-hmm. before that we explored the city and there was that house with a girl who imitates people and Pokemon or whatever. She's a big Clefairy fan or something like that, but she also imitates us because we thought it was us at first, remember? Yeah. And it was just a girl. So it's interesting that they brought that concept into an episode here. Um, I don't think her name was Duplica, but still. Um, So anyway, she is really good at looking like other people in disguise, except for Ash. She she had the the clothing but didn't sound or look like him necessarily with the green hair and everything. Um, But then, like... Anybody else that isn't important. Yeah, she keeps calling him Ashy Boy. I forgot about that. He does not like that. Um, But uh, she's really good at sounding like them too, especially Nurse Joy, which is the first one we see her do after Ash. She like pops out and looks just like Nurse Joy and sounds just like her because she's the same voice actress. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And then she also pretends to be Officer Jenny, and like for the most part, she looks just like him, but like her eyebrows were just a little different on Officer Jenny and stuff like that. Um, Anyway. Then they get into, they decide to do a battle on the stage of her place, and she beats Ash and his Bulbasaur with her ditto acting like a Bulbasaur, and it throws Ash for a loop. He, like, is really, like, disgruntled by it and, like, second-guessing his training and all that stuff. But this actually ends up working out for him later in the episode. He seems to, like, learn his lesson here and seems to study up a bit and realize that, it, like, he needs to know more about Pokemon, because Duplica obviously learned a lot about various Pokemon. Yeah. Didn't um, we learn that she tried to do a stage show? Yeah. So we also learned that Duplica, Duplica wished that she could get her ditto to finally get faces right. Because that's the reason that nobody comes and watches their act anymore. Because they had an act where she would dress up as a bunch of Pokemon. And she actually made her face look similar to a lot of Pokemon. Like the mm-hmm. eyes and everything. Which was interesting. And ditto, of course, could just turn into any Pokemon. But with the wrong face. Now, I don't think anybody really would go to that show and be like oh, your ditto can't look just like another Pokemon? Because any ditto can do that. And she's the more impressive part of the show anyway. So really, would nobody come to watch the show because ditto can't get faces right? No. No. Doesn't make any sense. But that's the plot of the episode. (laughs) It's fine. It's a silly cartoon where Team Rocket should be way dead by now, and so should Ash, actually, with all the electrocution from Pikachu. So anyway, Team Rocket shows up. They steal the ditto. And they hatch a plan to use the ditto to disguise itself as a Dratini. Because they failed to get to a couple. Boss. And send it to the boss. Because they just failed to get a Dratini recently. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, it was like just the last episode, I think. So that's fun. Um, however, they don't realize ditto's problem. <laughs> um, and so they try to get him to pretend to be things. And they show it a picture of a Dratini first. And like it just shows up as a book. Because it's a book. Because it's a book that they showed it. And no, they, uh, she okay. tries to get Ditto to look like a, a, she has a picture of like her old boyfriend or something. Or first, a boy that she what, liked. They do that one first. That's fine. Doesn't really matter what order. Um, and it looks like the guy, well, I think a picture of the guy, but with the Ditto face. And of course she gets super mad about that because like, are you mocking it kind of thing? Um, and so like, they eventually just chew the poor Ditto out and are yelling at it. And then spotlights appear. And we see four members of Team Rocket in white garb at saying the motto. And it's Duplica, Brock, Ash, and Misty all dressed up like Team Rocket. And then Pikachu even 
uh, covers the part of Meowth, except instead of Meowth, that's right, it's just... Pika pee. <laughs> um, so that was just a super amusing to have them do the and motto. And just like, I see why you do it so much. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. I they... see why Team Rocket likes saying dumb stuff so much. <laughs> but then we find out that behind them are two meowths that look like meowths, and they both even talk. And so they're like, oh, which one's which? Because apparently, Ditto finally learned how to do its faces because they were so harsh on it. Yep. Uh, oh. Also, the the whole motto thing really offended Jesse, for sure, and James, I think. Like, they were very offended about yes. other people doing their motto. So then um, there's two meows, and Ash is like, hey, I want to try to solve this thing with words this time instead of battles. And they're like, hey, you know, that's a good idea. Let's do that. And they're like, here, you can have your ditto back. And they hand over Meowth, who's like, hey, what's going on? And they take off with the other Meowth. And, of course, Duplica immediately is like, this isn't Meowth. This, or this isn't ditto. This is the actual Meowth. So she chucks it up there, and... The, gets onto the balloon, pops holes in it, and the other ditto falls down. I forget how. It doesn't pop holes yet. Right. But it does. (laughs) And the ditto meow falls down and she catches it and Team Rocket goes blasting off and yay, everything's happy. I think, uh, I think ditto, I think Pikachu actually got, like, launched up there and, like, it scared me out and he, like, dug in deeper and that's what popped it. Oh, because ditto turned into a cannon. Oh. Yeah, first... Ditto with Meowth, chomp, jump out. Yes, yes, I think you're right. And then later on at the very end of the episode, we see, see Team Rocket trying to shove Meowth in a Dratini costume because that's their plan B. <laughs> anyway, then we get on to another band episode. Uh, so another episode in Japanese. And this one is highly controversial because when this episode came out, it caused a bunch of people to have seizures in Japan. So it never even got translated into English for us because they weren't going to do it here. And it even got taken out of circulation in Japan. They're like, we're not airing this episode anymore. And because of the big controversy and the apologies that I had to make, they took Pokemon off the air for a while. And so some of the episodes they had planned, they didn't release right away. And they and some of those included some holiday specials because the holidays were coming up. So then they decided to release those again later during another holiday, but it messed up the continuity of the story because of old Charmander Charizard situation so they don't really belong there so that's why we're going to cover those next and that's why we have from episode 38 to episode 65 and 66 mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but anyway so Electric Soldier Porygon or whatever it's called there's a problem with the Poke Center well Pokemon Transport System which we learned is not built by Bill like it is in the game it's built by some other weird scientist guy and in the in the books, isn't it built by Bill as well? Yep. Yeah, the books follow the game a lot more closely, actually. So yeah, he's the builder of it. There's something wrong with the system, so people would send Pokemon in, but then the wrong Pokemon would come out the other end, and they used an example of a Magikarp as the wrong one, so it's like usually worse Pokemon. They nine tails in Exactly, and Magikarp. stupid Pokemon come out, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're freaking out about Who's it. Who's behind this? I wonder. <laughs> right. Rare Pokemon going missing? Right. And so he's trying to look into it, and then they, he freaks out because he realizes something and runs out. And the scientist. the scientist guy. And so Ash and them have to go find him, and they find his home, and they go in there, and then he traps him inside a big giant tube. And it, it's basically a human-sized version of the Pokemon transport system because he's trying to design a human transport system. And he mentions that some other weirdos ended up breaking in and getting in there and going into the system, which is probably where they still are because they haven't come back out. 
and he forces Ash, Misty, and Brock in there. They don't get a choice. And Porygon shows up because he's apparently the delivery system here to bring them into the virtual world and transport them into the next location kind of thing. So they get to ride around on Porygon inside this cyberspace world. We find out there's a ton of Pokeballs being jammed up in a spot where Team Rocket is because they're blocking the transport system. And... Ash and them get involved, and there's a whole Porygon fight because they have, like, a other Porygon that's not really a Porygon or something. I don't on know. the tail, it has a flag that has a Team it, Rocket, team Rocket. It was a weird... I was a little confused by it, but that's what's going on. And if they drive Team Rocket back um, and are trying to move the barriers so the Pokeballs can go through again. But by this point, we see Joy has another person coming in to try to fix the problem, and they're sending in a vaccine program to delete the problems inside to delete which the includes the people in there because they don't belong in there at one point do the flashing lights show up multiple times actually anytime especially when pikachu uses his stuff and stuff we have a couple times where like red and blue flashlights yeah it's just red and blue flashing over and over and over. yeah and it happens a little bit more intense just a little bit later on when there's more battles going on with the vaccine programs and stuff yeah. um but fortunately because because i was uh, screen mirroring it to the TV it was not a perfect screen mirror so it was a little more jolty like stuttery yeah. or whatever on the screen and so I would make sure to cover my phone screen because it was bugging me anyway and we just watched it on there so we didn't really get the effect as much of the red flash, red and blue flashing lights yeah and I was so sitting next we were to you safer. so yeah the flashing lights gave me a little bit of headache at the end of the episode yeah just a dainty headache so um, basically the plot is they, they this vaccine program shooting these weird giant needle missiles at people and the, and they and it almost gets team rocket and then they save team rocket but slowing them down and so they almost all get blown up but they get out but the whole system back in the scientist place ends up exploding as well because the rocket going to because the, the rocket's going to He was the mad at, that it was all exploded. He's just a mad <laughs> yeah, he's scientist. crazy. Sorry, what were you saying, Flame? Because the rockets went into the real world because they hit the portal. That's right. They came in through the portal with them. I forgot about that. Um, But everything's hunky-dory and great, except the scientist guy's upset, but, I mean, he's crazy, so whatever. And then, yeah, then we jump in to the holiday episode. So first we have holiday hijinks, which is episode 65. Now, this one's weird because it got bumped forward because of the whole controversy with the thing. But then this episode also got pulled from the American, like they did dub it and everything, but then they pulled it off and didn't have it air anymore because back then Jinx was all black except for the clothes and blonde hair and stuff as opposed to purple, which we see now. And people thought that this was a racist thing because basically many years ago, um, people would do a thing called blackface where they painted themselves black and would like plump up their lips or make their lips look bigger to look like black people as they did silly things on stage and kind of made fools of themselves so it was kind of like a derogatory thing towards black people which is not nice not cool Mm -hmm. and they thought that that's what jinx was based off of now maybe it was i don't know but to me every time i saw jinx i thought it was supposed to look like an opera singer like a classic cartoon opera singer so that's all i've ever pictured like the black didn't make me think blackface at all but whatever they changed it to purple fixed things but because of the blackness they took this off the air because they thought it was being racist, which maybe it was. We watched this in, like, Japanese, didn't we? Nope. We watched it on my phone, because I had to find a different way to get to it, because it's not on the normal channels. But it was not in Japanese. This one actually did get dubbed into English. In this one, we see Jesse sleeping in bed, or pretending to be asleep, because they set up a trap for Santa Claus, which mm-hmm. James falls into dressed as Santa Claus, because they were practicing it. 
And they're like, why are we even trying to do this? And she explains that Santa Claus was mean to her in the past. And we get a story of when she was sleeping in bed as a little girl. She found out that Santa Claus was actually a jinx and came down the chimney. Well, before that, she was mad about something or another. So she hit her doll. Yeah, she threw her doll near the fireplace and it broke it a little bit. And then Jinx shows up, takes the doll, and disappears. And so then, in her mind, not only is Santa Claus a Jinx, but also stole her favorite doll. And then so she, she just stopped believing in Santa Claus. And so she stopped believing in Santa Claus, sort of, because she knew that he existed, supposedly, because she saw him. But she but, didn't want him to come in. But she didn't want to see him ever again. She did not like Santa Claus. Um, and so now they want to capture him. Anyway, so then we cut to, like, Ash and Co., and they meet a Jinx on a beach holding a boot. And they try to, like, battle Jinx, I think. Yeah. But then they find out Jinx is worried and sad. And we find out, oh, they can't catch the Jinx. And they're like, oh, must have a master or something. And they're like, well, maybe it's holding. They figure out that it's holding its master's boot. And they realize they find out that the master is Santa Claus. So Jinx is in a Santa Claus, <laughs> but it's holding Santa Claus's boot. So they're like, hey, let's help Jinx get back to the North Pole. They also find out that Jinx's kiss makes the Pokemon go to sleep. That's true. Jinx has a magical kiss that can put people to sleep. Because it has giant lips. I forget what it's called. It's like something kiss was the move. Smoochy kiss. I'm no. kidding. Sweet kiss? Something like that. Anyway, so Jinx, they're going to get Jinx back to the North Pole. So they have a raft and they get all their water Pokemon out, which is like Goldeen, Horsey, Squirtle, all of them, mm-hmm. to pull the raft. But then after a long ways, oh, and following the raft is the Gyarados sub because Jesse and James are like, ha ha. They have Santa Claus. We need to go get Santa Claus. And the Pokemon get tired, so then Ash gets in the water to pull the raft, and is swimming for a while. But he is getting tired, too. But then he hears voices in his head talking to him. Mm -hmm. So he keeps going. Then he almost drowns. And then he's rescued by a Lapras. And the Lapras is apparently the one talking to his head telepathically. Um, So we now have another talking Pokemon. (laughs) But only telepathically. Um, Um, The Jinx can also, when when its hair touches people's heads that's right because that's how they figured out about santa claus and stuff it gave memories they helped them see the memories or something right because she inside, was... inside the boot was um a picture of santa claus oh that's right what story did it tell with its hair then she po- she was polishing the boot and then the ice breaks oh. so, she mm, so we figured out how Oops. she got lost Oops. yeah and bye-bye and so then lapras helps them get to the north pole then because team... santa claus sent him her. Yes, Santa Claus sent her to look for the Jinx and so helping out. And then Team Rocket blocks their way and they're like, give us Santa Claus. And I'm like, Santa, we don't have Santa Claus. They're all very confused. <laughs> and they're like, don't play dumb with us. And they're like, what? What are you talking about? Yeah. And then I don't remember how that interaction finishes, but then Team Rocket I know ends up at the Santa Claus's shop and they're like, there's a bunch of Santa Clauses in there because they see Jinx is all over the place working. And that one Santa Claus looks weird. Santa and Claus then they Santa. find the real Santa Claus, yeah. And so they go in there and they tie up Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. I really don't remember what happened to Ash and them. Anyway. Yeah, up getting is... back to shore. Sure. Um, and they tie them up and all this stuff. And she explains... I think Ash and them show up by this point, too. But she explains... Yeah, yeah um, the Jinx have loaded up their Gyarados ship with... All the toys. Yes. But that's why they're holding a monster, to get all the toys. Yeah. And, she, and But Jesse explains why. And it's because of the doll situation. So then the Jinx goes off to the Christmas tree and comes back and brings the doll all fixed. And Santa Claus explains, well, the Jinx was brought this thing so I could fix it because I saw your doll was broken. But then I couldn't get it back to you because you stopped believing in me. So I couldn't return it. And she's like, oh. And she realizes that 
it was all a misunderstanding and all that stuff. So this is a sweet moment. And they're like, oh, good. So then you're not going to do this. It's like, no, we're bad guys. We're still going to steal your stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so then they go off to steal it. But, of course, then... Lapras uses ice ray. Lapras uses ice ray. Somebody else uses, like, Charmander, like, uses, like, flamethrower. And then all the Santa causes. Well, the, what happens for sure to finish it off or to get the presents back is that Santa has the jinxes all work together to lift up the Gyarados sub and shake it to get all the presents back out. And then they're sent off. Team Rocket's jinxed off again or something. Something silly. Um, and with that all finished, um, oh, this drove all the kids nuts when we were watching it together. Santa Claus gives them their presents before he leaves on his sleigh that's being pulled by a Rapid Dash or Ponita. Mm-hmm. There was some debate. There was some debate. Okay, but there was some debate when we were sitting watching it. I thought it was a Rapid Dash too, but some people thought it was Ponita. It was a Rapid Dash, is what we all seem to agree on here. So that's good. And takes off. But then they have their presents, and everybody wanted to know what was in them. But we never learned what was in the presents. Nope. And then I was doing some research, and apparently there was one more episode that's supposed to take place between this one and Snow Way Out. And it was a New Year's special, but it never got finished, and so never it doesn't really exist. But it was supposed to be there. It doesn't even exist? Correct. There's, they never finished it. They never did it. And then years, it was supposed to be like an hour special, and it was supposed to be a lot of clips from what we've already seen or something in the whole anime by mm-hmm. this point. So kind of just like a recap, big kind of fun celebration. Yeah. And like a year later or something like that, they had like a two-hour special or something like that, which they're guessing a lot of the footage they were going to use in the first one went to that one. Well... It was probably, like, they were all hanging out at a New Year's party, and then, like, they kept having memories, you know? Could be. I have, I really have no idea. But then, we get Snow Way Out. And this one, when I first watched it, because I had watched it, like, the first season, confused me. Because, first of all, the first season was cut up on Pokemon TV and Netflix. This one confused me, because, we like, the Indigo League only went through partway through the first season. And then the second season, the Orange League on Pokemon TV... Pokemon TV has the rest of Indigo League and then starts the Orange Islands. So it's really confusing. And this one is aired out of order because of the whole controversy with the uh, Porygon episode. And so it airs sometime after Ash is getting back to Pallet Town before his training to go to the finale of the Indigo Plateau. So by this point he has a Charizard and Charmander's in this episode. (laughs) So, this definitely belongs over here. (laughs) So anyway, basically... Ash and Co. get to a fork in the road. Ash wants to go up the mountain. Everybody... They all go up the mountain. Ash wants to go up the mountain. Nobody else wants to, but he convinces... Because they want to go the other way, and he convinces everybody to go up the mountain. And we have Jesse and James on the mountain for some reason. They're chasing them. Because they're, they're chasing them? Okay. And then a snowstorm comes, and so Brock and Misty are like, hey, we fi- need to find shelter, and Ash is like, no, we keep going. Well, before that, um, Jesse's like, Snow, snow, how I love the snow. What was her little... Snow, snow, I love it so. Yeah, snow, snow. I thought that was after they landed somewhere. They they never took off. They were never in the hot air balloon. Oh, well, they're on the mountain. So now we get to them on the mountain then, I guess. But she's talking about how much she loves the snow and how her mom would make a snowsgaboard instead of a smorgasbord or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, Basically, a bunch of food that was just made out of snow. Well, it had, like, soy sauce. And it had some sauces on it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> For flavor, I guess. <laughs> we didn't see the sauces. She just mentioned how the sauces were in there. Right. Well, we saw it. But we saw some of it, yeah. But then, yeah, like, with the snowstorm coming, they want to keep themselves warm, so they light the fire in the hot air balloon. 
which then the hot air balloon takes off. Um, so they lose that, and so they're trying to stay warm, and they build an igloo, and they try to stay warm in the igloo because they don't want to. Because if you fall asleep, then you're gonna get cold and die, I guess. So they have to work real because because they do start falling asleep. They have dreams, like Jesse's dreaming about being like on a beach or well, something. They're just and imagining things to start. We uh, to start, but then it turns out they fell asleep imagining these things. Mm-hmm. So they're so they're all trying to keep each other. Only awake. two of them fell asleep. Right, Jesse's mad at them because the other two fell asleep, and they're all trying to keep each other awake. Meanwhile, Ash and Co. Pikachu gets blown off by the wind in the blizzard, so Ash goes chasing him and falls down and tries to get save him off the cliff and falls down even further. And once they're somewhat safe, they dig a snow cave in the snow and Bulbasaur, hide. Bulbasaur, or not Bulbasaur, Charmander goes, Hacha! Yeah, so he works with the Pokemon, his, his Pokemon to do that. They get in, they block it up with some snow. Then, while they're in there, Charmander is keeping them all warm with his tail for a mm-hmm. long time. But then he starts to get tired and his flame's dying down so ash is like all right you guys all need to get in your pokeballs to stay warm and they they don't want to but he makes him get in there but pikachu of course still refuses and he wraps up the rest of the pokeballs in his little jacket thing Mm -hmm. and then while he's hanging out with pikachu wind pushes through the door and creates a hole in the little barrier so he runs over there and puts his back to it of course that's cold and then pikachu's like because he's trying to tell he once again tries to tell pikachu get in the pokeball because like it's going to be cold in here. You need to get safe. Pikachu's like, uh-uh. And then the rest of Pokemon get out of their Pokeballs. Mm-hmm. And they're like, all come to him. And he's like, the guys, what are you doing? But they're like, no, we're going to stay with you. And he's like, okay, we'll be cold together, blah, blah, blah. Although, granted, they'll be warmer together, but still. Well, they're all generally still going to be cold, so they'll be yes. cold together. Yes. Um, but it was a touching moment. They play the, the sweet Pokemon music for when there's touching scenes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's all an emotional thing. Yeah. And that's kind of how their night goes. I think it covers just about everybody's nights, really, because the others were in the igloo. Having the, like, they cut back and forth for some of this well, stuff. Onyx and Misty mentioned never... how their night was later. Yeah, later, because we didn't see what happened yeah. to them. So anyway, after the night's over, uh, Charmander burns down the barrier, and they're all back out and stuff. And then Misty and Brock are up above, and they're like, oh, hey, Ash. And Onyx helps bring them up, bring mm-hmm. Ash and them up. And they're like, yeah, Onyx found us a nice cave with hot springs and stuff, so we had a pleasant night. He <laughs> dug right into a hot Yes. Um, and then Brock's like, and look at what the wind blew in. And it's Team Rocket's basket. But mm-hmm. it's out of fuel. But they have a fire Pokemon because Brock got that Vulpix a little while back. So yeah, Vulpix lifts them up. And then they sail right by Team Rocket. And, and that's when we see Team Rocket all pinching each other's cheeks to keep each other awake. <laughs> yeah, Jesse, or James is pinching Jesse's cheek. Jesse's pinching Meowth. And Meowth is pinching James. Yep. And... Then they're like, that's our balloon! So they go running after it, and there was a cliff not too far from where they were, so they all fall off the cliff right into a hot spring where they could have been spending the night. That's <laughs> oh, hilarious. And then, the, and then of course, the, the heroes drift off in the balloon, and we go back to Team Rocket, and they're like, it's getting too hot in here. So they stand up, but it's so cold out here! So they get back down, so they're kind of just stuck. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's Meowth's too hot like, to stay in, but it's too cold to get out. Yep. Meowth is like, I have a hot or cold head or and a warm body. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. I would just dump my head under quick. And uh, that is our grouping of episodes for today. Next week, I think we'll do we'll be doing another video game episode that will get us to Cinnabar Island, um, with the the fire gem, and we might be picking up some legendary pokemon as well 
But then after that, I think we're going to have a couple rounds at least of Adventures episodes because there's a lot of episodes between here and the Fire Gym episodes. <laughs> and plenty of manga to cover for, for that too. So that's, uh, that's our episode for there. So now let's move on to our Pokemon card segment. Yay! Our unboxing segment. Our unboxing segment. Yep. Alright, hold on. Okay, so now that everybody's packages are open, let's all do a nice little sniff. Well, that one sounded gross. <laughs> Alright, don't smell good. Alright, so, Flame, since this is your first time here, why don't you do us the honors and start with your Pokemon. Seedoct. If it remains still, it looks like a real nut. It it delights in surprising uh, foraging Pokemon. Electrike. Oh, yep. Yeah. I know Electric. Uh, it stores static electricity in its fur for discharging. It gives off sparks if a storm approaches. That's Clefairy. 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 It is said that happiness will come to those who see a gathering of Clefairy under a full moon. Fanpee. Fanpee. It's a little baby elephant. Um, it is strong despite its compact size. It can easily pick up and carry an adult human on its back. Yama. Yan- oh. Yanma? Yama. Yama. Is it not an end? Oh, wait. Yanma. If it flaps its wings really fast, it can generate shockwaves that will shatter windows in the area. Whoa. Oh my. Alright, one of my special Pokemon. My uncommon. Oh, I love this guy! Cramorant. Oh, Cramorant. <laughs> He's so funny. I, so I have good. to read his attack. I okay. just have to. A two-star energy. Continuous Gulp Missile, 60 times. Discard any number of Ar- Arcuda. Uh, from your bench, this attack does 60 damage for each Arrokuda you discarded this way. I love that. Arrokuda. It's, it's probably Arrokuda, yeah. Arrokuda. Well, yeah, see? Arrokuda. Like, just... What was it that he sometimes had in his mouth? A Pikachu or something? Yeah, that in, was hilarious. In Sword and Shield, he'll go dive, and then Pikachu is that. Yep. Because in, like, this, the show, oh, wait, the movie... Uh, Cramorant's Gluttony... Let it to try to swallow a Arrokuda hole, which in turn led to Camerant getting an Arrokuda stuck in its throat. Arrokuda. It's based off of Barracuda. Arrokuda. Mudsdale. Evolves from Mudbray. Mud that hardens around Mudsdale's legs sets harder than stone. It is so hard that it allows to this Pokemon to scrape a truck with a single kick. And then I got a psychic energy. Nice. The show or whatever. Oh, wait, there's more. A Swellow falls from Taylo. It dives at a steep angle as soon as it spots its prey. It catches its prey with sharp claws. And then a supporter. League staff. Draw two cards if Winden Stadium is in play. Draw two more cards. Then Charmeleon. Ooh, Charmeleon. Okay, the, the last one uh, evolves from Charmander. What? Never would have guessed. I'm so surprised. <laughs> um, it has a 
barbaric nature. In battle, it whips its fear. It whips its fiery tail around. Oh, fiery! It whips its fiery tail around and slashes away with sharp claws. All right, thank you, Flame. Yeah. Now we'll move on to Ruby. My first Pokemon is Lotad. Its leaf grew too large for it to live on land. That is how it began to live floating in the water. Rufflet, a combative, a combative Pokemon. It's ready to pick a fight with anyone. It has talons that can crush hard berries. It's funny, its resistance is fighting. Pumpkaboo! Ooh, it has an ability. Pumpkin Pit. When you play this Pokemon from your hand onto your bench during your turn, you may discard a stadium in play. The light that streams out from the holes in the pumpkin can hypnotize and control the people and Pokemon that see it. Cool. It also has a resistance to fighting. It's because it's a ghost. I got a Pikachu. When Pikachu meet, they'll touch their tails together and exchange electrical greetings through them as a form of greeting. No, electric exchange electricity. Petalil. They prefer clean water and soil. When the environment they live in turns bad, the whole bunch will up and move to a new area. Hippotas. Hippo. Hippopotamus. Hippopotamus. This Pokemon is active during the day and passes the cold desert night burrowed snugly into the sand. Ooh, a Gorget. Geist. A Volshrom Hunkaboo. Gorgeist. Yeah, that makes sense. Like a Poltergeist, which is a ghost. Poltergeist. And a Gord. (laughs) In the darkness of a new moon night. Moon night? Is in the Marvel superhero? Yes. In the darkness of a new moon night, Gorgeist Gorgeist will come knocking. Whoever answers the door will be swept off to the afterlife. That is creepy. Now I don't want to open the door when somebody's knocking. (sighs) Fire energy. Ooh. Boost shake. Trader card. Ribombi evolves from Cutify. Ribombi absolutely hates getting wet or rained on in the cloudy Galar region. They are very seldom seen. One time in Sword and Shield, I thought I found a Cutify. It was actually one of those. Yep. Because I didn't see this. Avlog. As Avlog moves about during the day, the cracks in its body deepen the pokemon's body returns to a pristine state overnight what's avalug like avalanche avalug all right my turn no just kidding rosella my first pokemon is smirgle oh smirgle smirgle it draws sample oh smirgle it draws samples <laughs> do you want me to read them do you want me to read it it draws symbols with the fluid that oozes from the tip of its tail. Depending on the symbol, Smeargle fanatics will pay big money for them. Smeargle's the one that pops up in Pokemon Go when you take pictures of your Pokemon. Oh, yeah. Not always, but sometimes. Yes. I know I saw him, but... Rotom! With a body made of plasma, it can inbe- in- infibit 
all sorts of machines. Imitate. Imitate all sorts of machines. It loves to surprise others. Like the house of Imitate from the Duplica Diddles Mansion episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Grubbin. It's in the Yarny thing. Oh, the Yarny ones, yep. It uses its big jaws to dig nests into the forest floor, and it loves to feed on sweet tree sap. Mantine. Oh, mantine. Or mantine. Some, either one. I don't know which it is. As it majestically swims, it doesn't care it remorade attached attach to it to scavenge for its leftovers. There's like a shark or something with fish that do that, and mm-hmm. then it drops food, and they're like, oh, no, no, no. Yep. Jinx! No way, you got jinx? Jinx. Oh, perfect jinx. for this episode. <laughs> so it, and the like, face is purple. Yes, they're always purple. The lips are a little weird. Its strange cries sound like human language. There are some musicians who compose songs for Jinx to sing. Hmm, that's cool. Shana, it's like a shiny one. Centiscorch evolved from Sizzlepede. While its burning body is already dangerous, its own... The exclusively hostile, hostile. Ho- hostile Pokemon also has large, very sharp fangs and a fighting energy, a fusion strike, strike cross switch. Hmm. Was your package fusion, fusion strike? Yep. Hmm. What was yours, Ruby? Evolving Skies. Hmm. And what about you, Flame? Uh, shocking something. A vivid voltage. Well, whatever. Yeah. Evolving Skies, I think, has the chance, more chances of um, EV evolutions, right? Mm, I think so. That's why I grabbed it. Mine had a Sylveon <gasps> at the front of it, because I also did Evolving Skies. I would have chosen the Sylveon if it got on the table. I didn't let it get on the table. I know. Uh, I would have took it. Yep. Um, sure you would have. Yes, I would. Anyway, continue, Rosella. Baraloom. Oh, Breloom. Breloom. It scatters poisonous spores and throws... Powerful punches while its foe is hampered by hampered hampered by inhaling spores. Haryama. Oh, Haryama. Haryama evolved from Makata. Makuhita. 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 Ability guts. That's a gross name. Um. Not really. When you say you you've got guts, kid, that means you're like you got some courage. You really can. I hope I've got guts. It's just yeah, a saying. Like it's a that. saying. I know. I've heard it. If this Pokemon would be knocked out by damage from an attack, flip a coin. If heads, this Pokemon is not knocked out, and its remaining HP becomes ten. Interesting. That's cool. That's nice because its attack is a hundred. Oh wow. Anyway. Uh, Harayama. Hariyama. Hariyama uh, that are big and fat aren't necessarily strong. There are some small ones that move nibbly. Nibbly. Nibbly and use moves skillfully. All right. And finally mine. So I have Dwebble. If it tries to find a rock 
it first tries to find a rock to live in, but if there are no suitable rocks to be found, Wubble may move into the ports of a hippodon. Scraggy. Oh, Scraggy. <laughs> it protects itself with its durable skin. It's thought that this Pokemon will evolve once its skin has completely stretched out. Drowsy. It puts its prey to sleep and devours their dreams. It seems that bad dreams taste sour, so Drowsy doesn't particularly like eating them. Mareep. Rubbing its fleece generates electricity. You'll want to pet it because it's cute, but if you use your bare hand, you'll get a painful shock. Then how is Ash and Leon able to just, like, jump into, like, a whole pile of... Wooloo? I have... Oh, Wooloo. I have no idea. I haven't watched it. Phoebus. It is a shabby... It is a shabby and ugly Pokemon. However, it's very hardy and can survive on little water. Mm, We don't like that Pokemon. It evolves into a Melodic, though. That's pretty. What's a Melodic? A very pretty Pokemon. Entei. Single strike. It is said that when it roars, a volcano erupts somewhere around the globe. Let me see. Give me, give me, give me. Hey, you have the NTV, and I'm trying to collect the dogs. You're welcome. Not me, want it. And it's my uh, fancy, like, shiny Pokemon. I'll give you my fancy a, shiny. Is that a rare? My fancy shiny. It is a rare, yeah. Lycanroc V. Ooh, let me see. You got a V? Lucky. It was all just Ooh, can I have that for my deck? <laughs> it's fighting. Yeah, I thought you were a water trainer. Um, I have two decks. One is a electric and water, and the other one's fighting and water. Mm. And it's in polyrath. <laughs> Energy grass. Let me see. Oh, yes. Zinnia's resolve is my is a trainer card I have. You can play this card only if you discard two other cards from your hand. Let me see. Then draw a card for each of your opponent opponent's Pokemon in play. Oh! Do you do you remember what I read about uh, Dwebble? No. Yeah? yeah. When he can't find a rock, what does he do? He goes into in a Pokemon's cavern or something? Uh, it's ports. What are ports? Holes inside the Hippodon. <laughs> Those holes on him? That's, that's hey, the one. You really want my shiny one now because it evolves into that, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> sure. Right. Sure. When roused to violence by its rage, it spews out the quantities of sand it has swallowed and whips up a sandstorm. And finally, Tentacruel. It communicates with others of its kind by lighting up the red orbs on its head. When the orbs are blinking, it's a warning sign. And that's our Pokemon cards, and that's our episode. So thank you again for listening. And we will catch you next time. Bye! 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 Routes Through Pokemon is a Hunterfield production podcast. If you ever want to reach us, you can email us at uh, hunterfieldmanor at gmail.com and just put Routes Through Pokemon in the subject heading. Um, That's H-U-N-T-E-R-F-I-E-L-D-M-A-N-O-R at gmail.com. And our podcast is on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. Uh, So you can follow us, like us, rate us, leave comments uh, in any of those locations uh, where where that's available. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to hearing from you.